You're listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I'm your pal Justin. And I'm your pal Nate. How you doing today, buddy? Oh, pretty fantastic, brother. How you doing? Man, I am pretty good. It's been a kind of a busy week. How's yeah. yours been? I actually had a, had a, a busy week as well. Work was busy. Other stuff. Yeah, it was a pretty busy week. Yeah, what'd you do? Lots of ping pong? No, actually, I was in chemistry this week. And chemistry just has so much involved with it. Um, it A lot of times we'll schedule two people in chemistry, but some people were off this week, so I was in there by myself. And it has a lot. To, it just it entails a lot of things. So um, I literally only got to play ping pong twice. Man, suffering. And it was pretty terrible. Wow. And both times for a very short amount of time, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, that's uh you were roughing it this week. I was, yeah. Yeah. And then you had to uh you had to do daddy duty on Friday. Yeah. Uh and as well, I had to do daddy duty a lot this week. Uh I felt like a single parent. I know how my wife feels now. Yeah. Yeah, because uh on Wednesday and Thursday, my wife was gone to Columbus, Ohio, with my mo- with my mom. Okay, and uh, they went to the Columbus Zoo and Botanical Gardens and all that stuff. Just the two of them. Just the two of them. Yep, that's fun. Yeah, but they, uh, you know, had to do the whole daddy duty thing and take off work early, and then I had to work from home one day. And uh, who watched the kids while you were at work? Uh, I got old. They're old enough now. They're able to stay. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I got a teenager now. Manny's the most responsible person I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) she's more responsible than most adults. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this day two, I stayed home from work partially because I wasn't feeling well, but, um, then also I already left him home one day. I didn't want to leave him home a second day. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, Sarah had a great time. She deserves that time away. I don't, I don't mean to steal anything from that. It made me appreciate her a lot more. Made me uh, understand why she wants to strangle the kids some days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was weird. And then she was home briefly. She got home Thursday night, and then I left for work Friday morning. And then while I was at work, she left for Cincinnati with your wife. Yeah, to go to the Reds game. And then. Uh, they didn't get home till late. I was already in bed by the time they got home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's like a weird, like three day stretch without really seeing my wife much at all. And, uh, you know, being like solo dad with the kids for a while, it was rough, man. Yeah. I love my kids, but holy cow, I'm not built for that crap. Yeah. You're not built to be a father. <laughs> not built to be taking care of four kids by myself. I can barely take care of myself, man. You don't have to tell me. I only had one. I <laughs> Friday was rough for you. Yeah, it was rough, man. <laughs> yeah, I was not in bed. One year when my old wife got home. <laughs> I was up rocking a baby who was screaming her head off. <laughs> who probably went right to sleep as soon as your wife took care of her. Literally, yeah, yeah. My wife came home, and I mean, God bless her. What a sweetheart of a lady. But I was furious. <laughs> All right. So she came in. I've been up for two hours already. And she didn't even get home until, it was almost one o'clock. It was like 12.30, 12.40. 
Yeah, a game didn't end till almost ten. So yeah. Um. So I put my baby to bed. Originally, I tried to get her to bed around seven thirty. She would not go to sleep. I finally got her to fall asleep around ten. She slept for like an hour, then woke up. And as long as I was holding her, she was asleep. But as soon as I tried to put her down, she would just lose it and just start screaming. So I was just in a rocking chair in the nursery. Then my wife came in and she was like, oh, how's it going? I was like, it's terrible. I'm going to go to bed now. You take her. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, that is We're what happened. Roasted but <laughs> we are going to get roasted for this. Well, listen, my child still drinks milk <laughs> and there's some things that mothers can provide that I cannot provide. Yeah. And that's nutrient filled, warm mother's milk. <laughs> so you got the equipment. It just doesn't work. Exactly. <laughs> She's tried. And I'm like, Hey, all you're going to get is hair well is dry. <laughs> all you're going to get is hair. <laughs> yeah. She didn't like that part, but, uh, no, but seriously, once my wife got home, it was fine, honestly. Yeah. I, I went right to sleep. <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. No, honestly, I picked my daughter up from Friday. She goes to daycare. So I picked her from daycare and took her home. And we had a good time. You know, I fed her. I have this tradition I do when my wife's not home. Every time my wife leaves for an evening and I'm home alone, I stop on the way home from work and get a steak and some mashed potatoes, like, you know those Bob Evans, like, ready-made? Yeah. I get the loaded mashed potatoes. Ooh, nice. They're phenomenal. And I usually get around a 16-ounce ribeye steak. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so I stopped and bought those things, and then I went and got my daughter from daycare. Then I was like, we're going to go home, and I'm going to give her some, like, puffs and yeah. some yogurt bites, and I'm going to eat this steak. Which I did give her some mashed potatoes, and she loved it, but... We had a good time. We were hanging out, watching Bluey and um, stuff in our faces. And uh, she she's a lot of fun. She's a hoot. But when it gets time for bedtime. It's a whole different gremlin. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like, there are some nights when my wife leaves for days at a time for work. Mm -hmm. And the first day or so, like, the first night's the worst. Then usually the second night gets a little bit better. And by the third night, she's fine with it. But, uh. There ends up being a lot of me asking her why she's crying <laughs> and she can't talk yet. Yeah. So I'm just like, why are you crying? And she's like, me. Yeah. So it was rough, but uh, I lived. She lived. We're all still alive. Yeah. The, the story doesn't end there, though, because Saturday you guys went, you guys had a special trip, right? Yeah. So um, my brother got really sick this past week, my oldest brother. And. He got the the Rona, and then he ended up getting uh, pneumonia, and he's completely fine now, but because he missed work, um, they had tickets to go see the Chicago Cubs in Cincinnati on Saturday night, and my sister-in-law texted my wife, wish she would have texted me, but she texted my wife instead and was like, hey, do you guys have any interest in going to this game? My wife was like, I'm a huge Cubs fan. I would love to go to the game. And so this was Thursday. And so my, my wife was like, hey, do you want to go to the game on fr on Saturday? And I said, aren't you going to the game on Friday? And she was like, well, yeah, but there's another game on Saturday. We're going to get these free tickets. And I said, what are we going to do with the, with Emma? And she was like, she's going to come with us. It'll be fine. And I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to be fine. 
And she was like, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> so as we're entering Cincinnati, uh, I look at the car and it says the temperature outside is 94 degrees. <laughs> so we get out of the car, we go eat something in a restaurant that had no AC for some reason. And then we went into the, the ballpark. We get these, they're great seats. They're, they are really, really good seats. They were seats. great seats. I saw the pictures. And my wife, um, as soon as we sit down, Emma just starts throwing a fit. She doesn't want to sit in the chair. We're crowded in there. I mean, we had four seats, so we weren't crowded, crowded, but the chairs in front of you are really close. Yeah. And so Emma kept kicking this old lady in front of us. And I kept telling Kimberly, I was like, you can't let her kick the people in front of us. Like, that's, yeah. that's just rude. And so she, if you didn't let her kick people, then she would scream. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up being down there for like maybe two innings. And then my wife went up for like two innings to at the playground area. And she brought it back down for like an inning. And then I went up and walked around for like three or four innings. And then I came back and I and we, I tried to sit down again. And as soon as you sit down, she just loses her crap. She's done. And I, my wife was like, let's just leave. And I said, thank you. I don't even know why we came. <laughs> so we left in the seventh inning. Oh, man. And I'm glad we did because the Cubs lost. lost and we were home. We were like halfway home when the game ended. And I was like, thank God we didn't stay there for this crap. <laughs> Poor Kimberly. She had two rough games in a row because the first game that she and Sarah went to was not a pretty game. Like I literally text Sarah in like the ninth inning and I was like, what a boring game you guys have been at. Because it was like tied two to two i think i don't know i don't remember it was it was a really low scoring game there had been no action hardly at all for the, the entire game and sarah was like yeah it's not been too bad and then like 30 seconds after i text her that then the game blew up and the cubs ended up losing because the reds had a walk off yeah yeah well, this game was tied zero to zero until like the fifth yeah and then a cub hit a home run and then your wife went berserk probably i don't know she was up with the baby i don't know what she was doing <laughs> But uh, then we leave the red score, and then it's the bottom of the ninth. And Kimberly looked at me, and she goes, we're about to lose this game. And I was like, yeah, you guys are. <laughs> you guys are. I don't even, I don't even blame you right now. <laughs> you know, she's been to like 13 games in Cincinnati of Cubs versus the Reds over the years. Okay. She's seen one win. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, one in 13 for her there. She's not a very, she's not a good luck charm. That's for what I said. I was like, why are you still going? Quit going. No wonder the Cubs are so bad. Exactly. You know who wasn't there today? Her. Who won? The Cubs. Handedly. Yeah, they, they spanked the Reds today. Absolutely. Yeah. I told her, don't ever go back. And don't ever, don't ever ask me to go back. <laughs> not with the baby. <laughs> no. We had a good time. So... <laughs> 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 we didn't. It was terrible. Well, Sarah and Manny are going back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been like a a Reds game filled week for our two families. I know. I thought it was funny because they went on Friday, then we went on Saturday, and then they're going back again on Monday. Yeah. We should just stay there for four days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Mel, mine, I, you know, I, I had a day yesterday. Sarah and I got drawn for, or I got drawn for uh, the second day of dove season um, reserved hunt at a local uh, reservoir. I'm super excited about that. It's the first time in my life I've been drawn for a reserved hunt. Okay. And uh, what's a reserved hunt? 
So for you city slickers, uh, at the beginning of a season usually, or sometimes at places that are not open to the general public, they'll have a reserved hunt where you apply for it. And then they draw a certain amount of people that they've allotted to be able to allowed to hunt that area on that day. Usually it's before like there's been pressure on a field. So they're usually very productive hunts because like Saturday was the second day of dove season. Okay. So these doves have migrated and they've not seen any pressure in this area. Well, so what they typically will do is they'll grow like a sunflower field and then a couple weeks before they'll mow the sunflower field over and then they'll burn it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and it like, it makes all those, the heads of sunflowers, you know, crisp up and fall apart. And then there's just sunflower seeds everywhere. Mm. And then you hunt over these open fields where there's just trillions of sunflower seeds. Mm. Kind of like poaching. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a conservation effort. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they're planting these fields to attract the doves and they, they'll feed off of it throughout the entire season. Um, not just during hunting season, they'll like feed off it throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to keep the population down and to control that, they have hunts. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the very first day I read on social media, it did not go well. They apparently had just mowed the field like two days prior to the hunt. And then didn't burn the field. Oh. Yeah. So all of the green, all the stalks were still green. The flowers still had like, they were still full flowers. They hadn't been like chopped up. They hadn't Mm. been uh, burnt. So like the seeds were still contained into the flower. Yeah. And nobody was shooting anything the first day. I thought, well, I'm a better hunter than everybody there. So I'll try my luck. And so Sarah and I went up there and uh, we saw two doves the entire day. And I only took one shot, and of course I missed it because uh, it was a really, really it was a it's a reaching shot because I was just like I need to at least shoot once today. I didn't want to drive an hour and a half away to mm-hmm. this place and then like not even take a shot. Right. Yeah. So I took a shot and missed. We were out there from about nine thirty until four forty five, and I finally I was like I'm done. We just sat out in the baking sun all day long. It was hot, but it was hot, dude. We just sat out on an open field and we kept like trying to hide up underneath some of the sunflowers that didn't get mowed over. Uh, and there was a little bit of reprieve there when you did that. But when you're sitting underneath the shade of the sunflowers, you can't see the birds flying overhead. Yeah. Which is why I got a bad shot because that bird came in and I saw it the last second. So I just pulled up and shot at it. Anyway, uh, we're going to get roasted for being terrible fathers. Yeah. And nobody cares about the Reds or the Cubs. True. And... Nobody really cares about my crappy dove hunt, but you know what Mm. I think people do care about is that I think to drown all these sorrows, we should drink about it. I'm for it. Yeah. Do like a little, little blasted episode, a sandblasted banter. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We're not gonna get that drunk, but we are drinking Knob Creek nine single barrel reserve this week. Yeah. And it's 120 proof. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually not, it doesn't, it doesn't come across as hot. It is smoother than old granddad 114. Yeah. At six higher proof. Yeah. I that's agree. Three extra percent. If my math serves me correctly. It does. Yeah. Um, this is far smoother and neat. It's better tasting in my opinion. You know how this is not good. 
I do. Yeah, tell us how it's not good, Nate. Well, Stacy, <laughs> it's not good on ice. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's not. It's awful. We're literally going to dump our glasses out. So we poured this. We each tried it. And then I said, last week we said we we're going to try this with ice. So I went and got us some ice real quick. We put what we had poured into some ice. And it ruined it. It absolutely ruined it. It was like by itself, it's a little hot. Um, after you swallow it, I can feel it through my nose a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's got a little alcohol to it. It's not terrible, though. But the flavor is delicious. Absolutely. It, it's it's sweet. It's got like almost a, a fruitiness to it. Like, I don't know what kind of a, a what kind of a fruit that is that I'm getting. I don't know if it's like a cherry. I get like a cherry, yeah. But, um, and then there's that, you know, obviously like the, the woody kind of oaky flavor. Mm-hmm. But when you put it in the ice, it just tastes like watered down ethanol. It's, it does. It tastes, you still taste the alcohol. Yeah. But nothing else. Nothing else. Literally all the flavor disappears. So, boo on ice. It, I will never do this again. <laughs> I, I don't see, I don't mind whiskey on the rocks. This did not do well on the rocks. It did not. Well, maybe all, I should try some more then. All the flavor disappeared. Yeah, completely. It tasted like pouring like straight ethanol over ice. Mm-hmm. It was not great. It was not, not even, it wasn't even good. It was awful. So thanks, Stacy. We just wasted hefty pours over ice of a $60 bottle of whiskey. No, but, it's all right. Thanks. Thank you, Stacy. Honestly, we, we need to stress, you know, step out and try things different way. Now we know that this will never be drank over ice. Yeah. You know, you learn. I won't allow it (laughs) because nobody's going to enjoy that. We're going to dump ours out and we're drinking it neat now. And I like it neat. Honestly, this is, this is really good. Uh, It has like a uh, cherry honey. Oh, yep. Yep. That's a good call. Even on the nose, it smells good. Maybe a little bit of syrup. Like a maple syrup. Honey, maple syrup. And I'm definitely getting the cherry coming through. Yeah. And with that ethanol, it almost is like a cherry cough syrup, but not like gross, like NyQuil taste. No. Like the kind of cherry cough syrup your mom gave you when you were six. Like Robitussin. Uh, no. No. Better than that. Like almost like children's Tylenol. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, think about it this way. Like, imagine if you had dissolved a Luden's cough drop. That's what I was trying to think of was Luden's. Yeah. The best cough drop ever invented. Yeah. It's basically just candy. It's literally just candy. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not cough suppressants, they're just throat lozenges. Yeah. I love me some Luden's. But every year around cold and flu season, whether I have a cold or flu or not, I'll go buy one of like the huge jumbo bags of Luden's. Oh yeah? Because usually you can only get those during that season. You can buy like the little like hundred count bags, but I'm talking like the Easter candy <laughs> size bag of Ludens. Yeah. Like the 250 count. Right. Bag. And I'll just keep those in my pocket all throughout cold and flu season. And I don't share them. I just <laughs> like, oh yeah, my throat's a little scratchy. So I just take one. It's not really scratchy. I just, you know, it's a good excuse to stuff your face full of candy all day. It's true. Yeah. Ludens is a contributing factor to my diabetes. <laughs> I don't have diabetes. 
Um, so what do you, what's, uh, is this a thumbs up or thumbs down on this whiskey? I will have to say it's a thumbs up because it tastes delicious. But I would not just reach for this. Uh, honestly, I would rather drink Knob Creek 9. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. I like this. I'll never buy a bottle of it again. No. I'll buy regular Knob Creek 9 over this. Any day. I think Knob Creek 9 is... I don't know because I don't have a bottle of it down here, I don't think. I think I finished my last bottle and I haven't re- replenished yet. Uh, but I believe Knob Creek 9 is a 90 proof. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't have one down here. But I've said it before. I'm not a huge fan of high proofs. And this might be the highest I've ever had. It's definitely the highest proof I've ever had. So, like, it's delicious, but I'm honestly kind of feeling a little bit. Um, yeah, me too. And uh, of course, we had a rocks pour, and then we also had a neat pour. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's—I mean—that's what I don't like about high proofs. Yeah, is if I'm drinking regular Knob Creek Nine. This wouldn't be a problem at all. It's not a problem now, you know what I mean? But I mean, I wouldn't be feeling it. Yeah, you can drink six glasses of an 80 proof. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, but... uh, <laughs> So, it's good, but I wouldn't... I don't think it's worth the money. You know where this might shine? With Coke. Hmm. It's got that cherry. It's got the sweetness. Oh, yeah. It's a high proof, so it's not going to disappear. Because the proof didn't disappear in the I- in the ice. Right. Uh, my only concern is that the flavor might disappear with the ice in the Coke. I don't know. I might uh, do some science later and uh, try that out. I would try with a Diet Coke. Diet Coke, gross. I just don't like regular sodas with whiskey. I like Diet because you can taste the alcohol. You can Nobody taste. likes Diet Coke. Well, that's just not true. Actually, that you're right. It's not true at all. I don't understand why anybody likes Diet Coke because it's disgusting. It's the worst diet out there. I mean, that's just your opinion, man. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's just like (laughs) your opinion, man. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so we we got our whiskey out of the way. I'm going to keep sipping on this because it's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to be sipping on the rocks glass, though, because it's disgusting. Mm -mm. Stacy made me run two glasses of whiskey. (laughs) On to... Uh, our blend that we're smoking this week. We have a bill of lading blend this week. Bill, bill of lading. We could have done better, but we we'll do it again. You no, know, no, that was that was organic. That was organic. We just both chimed in at the same time, guys. That was totally not rehearsed. No, I got a little too close. I think is what the problem was. Was it? Yeah, because you were kind of back here a little bit, and I was right I in don't there. Don't think that we harmonized very well, though. Well, it's because I couldn't hear you. Oh, is that what it was? Because I can only hear You would myself. have changed your pitch. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe next time. Well, anyway. This is a bill of lading blend, as you just said and we sang. This is Robert McConnell's Mature. And this it is It feels a- so incomplete to say that. I know. It's like there needs to be a mixture or a flake There's or something. Just like a like a <laughs> dot 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 after mature. Mature what? 
like Robert McConnell's mature. And it's just like this awkward silence afterwards where everybody's just waiting for you to finish what it's called. Exactly. But it's just called mature. Yeah. We're being really immature right now. But accurate. So according to tobaccoreviews.com, it says the new tin description reads, manufactured from mature Virginia leaves from Africa and Brazil, as well as oriental tobaccos from Greece and Turkey. A Swedish blend, rich in scent and taste. Flavoring is chocolate, according to K&K website. For those who enjoyed the cut and leaf of the old brown tin, special London mature, but would have, f- but would have favored more aroma, Robert McConnell now has the answer. Using what is, as far as we can tell, the identical ready-rubbed, high-quality dark Virginia, this smoke is topped with sweet, exotic, star anise, aromatic. So yeah, it's got Virginia, Oriental Turkish, and it's got a, an anise topping. So what's this a spoof of? Because all the Robert McConnell blends, if I'm not mistaken, are spoofs of other blends. They are not. They're not all that way? No. There is Robert McConnell's original lines which is like Ronald McConnell's um, Folded Flake, Mature Scottish Flake, Scottish Cake. He had a whole, they had a whole line of them. But then when Dunhill went out of business, they came out with a whole line that were not really spoofs, but what they claimed to be the original, original recipes. Like Peterson bought the recipe book from Dunhill. Uh-huh. And Robert McConnell's company um, basically... Had they believed that they had the original original recipes and remade them all under spoofy names, so like, um, I can't think of like Nightcap is called like Piccadilly Circus or something. You know what I mean? Like they all have weird names now. Yeah, what's the uh, the one for nine six five? I think that's Saint James. No, it's not. I don't think it's Saint James. I think it's uh. I'll see it in just a second because I have some up here on the shelf. Marylebone. Marlbone, yeah. Is 965. St. Yes. James Park is Aperitif. Um, Dunbar is Oriental Square. Nightcap is Covent, Covent Garden. Early Morning is Boutique Blend. London Mixture is Piccadilly Circus. I mean, they, they, they have like a River Thames is their Navy Rolls. Um, I'm an uncultured swine, so I don't get any of those references as far as like the names, like where they would have gotten those from. I, I'm sure that there's a reason why they picked those names for each of those. Yeah. Being an uncultured swine, I have no idea why my mixture nine, six, five would have been named Marlbone. Yeah. I have no idea either. Yeah. But pretty dumb when it comes to that stuff. So. And that really has nothing to do with uh, this particular tobacco. It doesn't, because this is not a spoof, according to you. This is one of their OGs. Yeah. An OG. Yeah, they've been making this since, like, the 20s. So it's Virginia's, two different types of... Making it since the 20s, is that a 75% thing? Yeah, that's definitely a lie. Okay. Sorry. Oh, geez. You and your 75% stuff. I can't, I just lie. I don't know, man. Just lie. You pathological liar. I am, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> so actually Sarah I'm going to go on a brief rabbit trail here Sarah has a huge crush on Peyton Manning weird always has yeah I don't know why he's, like, he's an ugly dude 
He's not attractive. No, he's not attractive. He's, like, he's got a gigantic head. forehead. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, his nose is like big and crooked, and then has like this huge like seventeen head. Uh, I'm pretty sure his the front of his hairline is actually on the back of his head. He's pretty funny though. He is. He's hilarious, and he was a fantastic football player. It's true for both Tennessee, my favorite college team, and the Colts, who and the Broncos and and the Broncos. You had to go and bring that up. Uh, anyway, uh, Sarah had a huge, has had a huge crush on Peyton Manning forever. And one time, so the Colts training camp used to be in Anderson. Yeah. And we had gone to Texas Roadhouse one night Mm -hmm. and some of the Colts players were there at Texas Roadhouse. And as we were walking in, Sarah was like, I'm pretty sure that I just saw the back of Peyton Manning's head. He was walking out the back door, which would make sense. They don't want him going through the general public. They let him out the back door. Right. And so we get seated. And the lady was like, you guys are never going to believe who sat here. And Sarah was like, please tell me Peyton Manning sat here. She's like, yeah, Peyton Manning sat right where you're sitting. (laughs) And that's basically, so Sarah fangirled at that point. Yeah. But I have built on that story for so long that Sarah's convinced that I actually believe the story that I built on top of that. And so the story that I like to tell people when I tell that story is that Sarah got so excited that she literally got down and sniffed the seat where he had been sitting. <laughs> and I tell that to anytime I ever tell the story, that's the way I always go like, yeah, this one time we went to Texas Roadhouse, yada, yada, exactly where I left off. And I was like, Sarah got so excited to find out that she was sitting where Peyton Manning had sat that she got down onto the table on the floor and sniffed where he had sat. And everybody's always just like, oh my gosh, are you for real? <laughs> I mean, I could see it. And then Sarah's always, she always just gives me this look like, why would you say that? Like, that <laughs> didn't happen. And I told one of the kids that story tonight because we saw Peyton Manning on TV. And the girls just gave this look of disgust. Like, this just happened a couple hours ago. The girls just gave this look of disgust to Sarah. And she was like, you know, I really believe that you've told that story so many times that you actually believe that's how the story, <laughs> what happened in the story at this point. So I'm sticking to it. That's the story. Sarah, yeah. Sarah sniffed Peyton Manning's seat. I would too. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> that just took an even weirder turn. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Peyton Manning. You're not a huge fan. How can you not be a fan of Peyton Manning? He didn't play for the Lions. Gosh. You're not a fan of hardly anybody of any notoriety then. Only the best running back and best wide receiver ever played the game. As, long as, as well as the best long snapper that's ever played the game. The best long snapper. Yeah. Interesting. Dan Mulbach for the Detroit Lions was the best long snapper that's ever played this Nobody game. Nobody ever knows who the long snapper is on any team. If that's that's how bad the Lions are, <laughs> that one of their claims to fame is they've had the best long snapper to ever play the game. This guy could long snap from the 30-yard line and hit the upright. He broke people's Usually fingers. Usually on accident, probably. <laughs> he broke people's fingers in practice that were catching for him. He They called him the mule. The mule. He was phenomenal. Nobody ever knows. Like most long, most parents that are the parents of long snappers don't even realize their child is the long snapper. Like nobody ever knows the name of a long snapper. Anyway, back to this tobacco. That's like the guy that holds the, holds a kick. It was the guy that hikes to the guy that holds the kick. You know what I'm saying is like, nobody ever knows the guy that holds the kick. We know we're, we're sports fans. So we realize oftentimes that the punter is the one that holds the kick. Yeah. But most people don't know that. Like if you ask the average person that's watching a football game, you're like, who holds the who holds the kick? 
They were like, I don't know. Who knows that? Just like you don't know the special teams guys that are running downfield to make a tackle. Yeah. You don't know those guys. Even the coach doesn't know. He's like, hey, just get the special teams guys out here. Mm-hmm. The only time they know him is when they have to cut him from the team. And they don't even care at that point. They're like, just get rid of that guy, whoever's, whoever he is. Well, if you have the best at something, though, people tend to notice. Yeah, I guess. And plus, he was with the team for like 20 years or something. Like, he was like the longest. Was he ever a captain? Probably. If yeah, I ever you know you're a historically bad team, when one of the most notorious players to play for your team is the long snapper. The next time I, if I ever buy another Lions jersey, it's going to be Dan Mulbach. Is it? 100%. Will you be able to find one? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Special order. It's going to be like $500 <laughs> for that jersey. He's the greatest. All right. Greatest long snacker. Snacker. <laughs> No, I'm the greatest long snacker ever. Greatest long snapper of all time. Snapper. We just lost everybody that doesn't like football. They were just like, you guys are not only muttering about stupid things like football, but the stupidest thing in football. The long snapper. Mm. This tobacco is really good, though. I... Okay. I, I'm genuinely enjoying it. I, I'm it's a huge okay. fan of black licorice. And that anise. 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 And a set topping. Um, I think it's spectacular. I, it's okay. I, I don't like the topping. I as soon as I smelled it, I was like, "Oh, this smells good." And then I got the topping, and I was like, "Nope." The tobacco itself smells good. You get that like rich, matured, like Virginia smell to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then the topping hits you. I feel like when I'm smoking this. I feel like I'm getting the Virginias, but then I feel like that the Orientals marry so well with that black licorice topping, that anise topping. I, I, I absolutely love it. I really, really do. I, this is a home run for me. If this was, if I have ever seen this before in my life, I would have, I, I would buy it. You know what I mean? If I ever see this again, probably. Okay, so let me clarify this though. It's not bad. I just don't like the topping. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a bad blend. It's yeah. it's very well blended. The Virginias and the and the Orientals, and I think the topping goes well with it. I'm just not a big fan of anise toppings. Yeah, I don't like licorice. Um, I think this would be a spectacular blend had they not put the topping on it. Because mm. mm-hmm. when I get the tobaccos mingling, when the tobacco taste comes through, they are very complementary to each other. It kind of reminds me. Okay, so this. This reminds me a lot of the Sunbear blends. Okay. But this doesn't have the honey. It has that that licorice taste. Yeah. Oh, dude, exactly. That's exactly what this is. And I love the Sunbear blends. Yeah. But I like the honey topping. You're right though, cuz Sunbear is Virginian and Orientals. Yes, I believe that's honey. all it is. Yeah. yeah. I get like that when I smelled it, I was like this smells really good. And then I was like, "Oh, nope, there's something there I don't like." And then I, when I like thought through what that tin note was, it was definitely the anise smell. Um, and then when I started lighting it, I was just like, yep, there's that, that licorice taste. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. To each their own, man. If you like, if you like the anise topping, you like licorice and you like Virginia's, this is a, this is probably a bang up blend for you. Cause it's a really good blend as far as the, um, nothing really there's no harsh edges to it or anything like that yeah uh, it's just not my thing but 
Neither is Sunset Harbor Flake. Some people love it. Some people love it. If they even smoke. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they just collect tins and collect pipes. I don't think anybody's ever actually seen them smoke. Well, they might in Vegas. They might. Because Vegas is just around the corner. It is. It's like uh, October 13th through the 15th, which is a month and a half away. Not even a month and a half, a little over a month. Yeah, a little over a month. By the time this airs, it'll be basically a month. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't be there, but Yeah, but the week after this airs, no, the yeah, the week after this episode airs is the Capital Land Pipe Show, though. Yeah. That's the uh, September September the 16th. I can't go. I have prior commitment. I'm going to the uh, Purdue and Syracuse game. Football game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got tickets for that. And Purdue is awful, so I don't know that I want to go watch it. Is that in Lafayette, or you going to Syracuse to watch it? Uh, we're going. <laughs> if I was going to Syracuse to watch it, I would just skip it and go to the Capital Land Pipe Show. Because Syracuse isn't yeah. too far from from Albany. It's what a couple hours, maybe. A couple hours, maybe three. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's in New York. It's everything's close in New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. When I lived in Albany, <laughs> and I would drive home, it's like a 15 hour drive. My halfway point was Buffalo. Oh. Really, I didn't know Albany and Buffalo were that far apart. Yeah. I know they're both up in that like general same portion of the state. Mm-mm. But New York's massive. New York's like weirdly shaped. Uh-huh. And it touches Lake Erie and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, I know that. So Albany's like just north. It's about two and a half hours north of the city. Northeast, northwest of the city. I thought Albany was up. What are the two big cities up on like the north, up on Erie side? Um, Ithaca. I gotta look at a map now. There's, uh, Rochester. Rochester's up there. That's what I was thinking of. Rochester, Albany, Rochester, same thing. Yeah. One's the capital. One's not the capital. That's the only difference, really. Pretty much, yeah. And the location and the size and the and one has fly ninety two point three. The other one does not. You might be able to get there. Rochester's number one hit music station could be could be (laughs) it is fly 92.3 yeah Rochester's number one hit music station (laughs) see obviously I know nothing about Newark geography at all I've been there one time I I flew into Rochester actually and I went to Canandaigua there's a company called um, Ortho they make a, a chemistry analyzer called the Vitros. The Vitros 3000? No, the Vitros 4600 and the Vitros 5000. Okay, I was thinking of the earlier model of 3000. Yeah. But um, they're out of Rochester. Really? Yeah, so if you ever get one of those analyzers, sometimes they'll allow you to go to school to learn about them. And if you're going, you're going to Rochester. Nobody on this podcast is listening to that. Or that's listening to this podcast cares about that. That's true. That is definitely You're true. literally the only one. It's not the first time. Even I don't even care about that. Yeah. Anyway, how do we get on New York? My bad geography. Oh, oh. the Capital Land Pipe Show, which is in Albany? Yeah. It's in Albany. Yeah. Albany? Albany. 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 Not Albany. Not Albany. We're not from Minnesota. Okay. 
It's Albany. How do they pronounce it locally? Albany. Albany? Yeah, Albany's number one hit music station. It's not Albany's. Wouldn't it be hilarious if you had been on the radio station and you were pronouncing it wrong the entire time? That would be really funny. And it's actually Albany? <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the capital of New York, right? It is. Yeah, that's... See, I knew that. That's why because it was... Because of the Animaniacs. Really? Yeah, that's the reason I knew that. Because I, I used to have the states and capitals memorized because of their states and capitals song. I love the Animaniacs. They're great. That episode they had about the uh, the pianist. The pianist. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? Uh, I remember there was some adult humor in that. It was like this old man playing a piano. Uh-huh. And uh, Dot was like, so what do you do? And he's like, I am a pianist. And uh, Wacko smacks him in the face. And he goes, this is a kid show. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> it was such a good show. That and Pinky and the Brain. Oh, yeah. Pinky and the Brain was great. And that little girl that strangled Elmira? Elmira. Elvira. Elvira, yeah. Elvira. No. No, that's, that's that goth lady. <laughs> Elmira. I don't know. Yeah, she would strangle animals. Yeah. yeah. With love. Yes. She would strangle them with love. Yeah. Or was it maliciously strangling them? It was like, she was, an, unbeknownst to her, she was a pet serial killer. Yeah, but she was like, I want to hold you and love you and... Yeah, she had that really obnoxious voice. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jay's. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, man, yeah. So we talked about Bluey earlier because you were watching it with your kid. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of great feedback about the Bluey thing. We did. We had a solidarity, arm in arm. People were like, yeah, if you don't like Bluey, screw you. Stop listening to the show. Yeah. We need you in the pipe community. Mm-hmm. Just quit smoking and everything. Yeah. People are very uh, adamant about it. Yeah. Bluey was a big hit. I think we should just talk about Bluey every episode. We'll we'll just climb through the charts. Man, my, like my, Literally, my pastor talked about Bluey today at church. I mean, I I saw a video, uh, like one of those reels, I think is what they're called. I'm not a techno person, mm-hmm. but I think on Instagram, they're called reels, right? They are. Yeah. Um, I saw a reel on Instagram today where they were talking. It was like this dude was bouncing back and forth. He was doing a skit where he's talking to himself, but he's pretending to be two different people. And they were like, well, we just picked up your show, Blue. He's like, Bluey. Well, tell us a little about this show. Like, uh, let's let's go to this campground episode, or this camping episode, and uh, so then he starts talking about like all this deep meaning behind the episodes, and I was like, holy cow! And then I thought back through pretty much every episode of Bluey I've ever watched, and there's always like some sort of like deep like learning lesson or some sort of like life lesson in Bluey. Yeah, made me love it even more. Yeah, sometimes it's dark. Like dealing with death and... But that's part of life. Yeah. But I was just like, man, they're making this strong. They're tying like... They have like infertility and like all sorts of stuff, dude. They they cover the whole gamut of stuff in Bluey. Yeah. It's, it's kind of heavy for a, a child to be learning. But they don't, they don't even realize it though. That's the crazy thing is... Right. But then I feel like when they get to the point of in their lives, like coming to that, they'll think back and be like, I remember a Bluey episode about this. You think that's the way it's going to work? <laughs> yeah. I did that. I've done that so many times in my life. I think genuinely like 96% of everything I know in this world I learned from movies and TV shows. <laughs> and there's been so many times when something happens, I'm like, oh, I remember that happening in King of the Hill or 
You know what I mean? Like some random episode, like, oh, that was a Family what, Guy episode. What life lesson have you learned from King of the Hill? Are you kidding me? King of the Hill's full of life lessons. Like, don't use charcoal? Yeah. Propane and propane accessories. Take care of your dog. Take pride in your lawn. I mean, there's so many lessons we learned from King of the Hill. <laughs> Love your wife. Don't let your wife have the credit card. Don't beat your kid when people are around. Yeah. When people are around. <laughs> What lessons have you learned from Family Guy? There's no fam- There's no good lessons from Family Guy. There are definitely good lessons from, from Family are Guy. Are there? I don't know if I want to know these lessons that you've learned from Family Guy. Don't trust pilots. Don't have a dog named Brian, that's for sure. Kevin's a pilot. I trust him. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this just went way off the rails. I, I'll, I'll concede. There aren't a whole lot of lessons there's from not a Family whole lot Guy. <laughs> My goodness. Uh... So, final thoughts on this blend? I, that's, I think that's where we were at. We were talking about this blend. I love it. You love it. Well, I've only had one bowl, but... Sure. I would definitely buy more of this. Yeah. Um, I would love to buy more of this. I really enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to take that jar home. Take that jar. I'm going to smoke it. It's going to be my incredible blend next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I almost had as an incredible blend this week? Yeah? I popped this can of 2017 Fillmore by GLPs. Is it good? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lordy, it's so good. Really? Oh, man. And so this has got, what, six years of age on it? I, I should have recorded it. It was the most beautiful can pop ever. Yeah. It literally sounded like a Coke can. It was That's the best. And it wasn't a light fizzle either. It was, it was a loud, like, you know, when you're, you can hear somebody across the your building open a can of pop, you're like, oh, somebody just opened a Coke. Yeah. That's what it was. Like, I'm surprised you didn't hear it at your house 15 minutes away. <laughs> it was like the most satisfying can opening experience ever. And I immediately was like, I'll never hear that sound out of this can ever again. Like, I almost expect every time I open it, it's going to do that. And it just doesn't do it. Yeah. But the smell permeating out of this, like my whole, I had that door closed and I opened it down here and I hadn't smoked. There was just no, like, oh, there was no, like, immediate odor lingering, lingering in the air. Mm-hmm. And when I opened this. You could, the, it just, the whole room filled full of the aroma of this tin. Nice. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I almost did this as an incredible blend of the week. Um, but I don't know. We just have a busy episode with the Instagram Pipe Maker Club stuff and everything. Let's stick your sniffer in that, dude. Don't mind if I do. Get my hair in here. Holy cow, that smells good, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, that smells good. I've only had one bowl of it, but uh, it was delightful. It says a generous portion of Louisiana Perique. When I sniffed it, I was like, that smells like Perique. Yeah, dude. I was super excited about this. That's, it smells good. I cannot wait to smoke through this tin and then unfortunately probably have the disappointment of knowing that I'll never have a six-year-old tin of it. <laughs> I won't have a six-year tin of it for a long, long time. I mean, you know, six years or so. That's a long time. I don't know if I'll live for another six years. Don't say that. That's depressing. <laughs> what am I going to be doing? <laughs> Maybe still podcasting. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'd buy this blend. The If you passed away, would you be okay with us keeping your skull? Or would you want, like, are you, like, you want to be cremated or buried? Uh, I don't care price wise. I'd rather be cremated. Same here for the exact same reason. But 
if I kept podcasting without you, I'd kind of want your skull to be here. You know what I mean? Is that weird? I don't think that's legal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think they'll let you keep my skull. I don't think that's a thing. If it's, you could say it's for science, right? I mean, you can donate your body for science. Listen, if you can find a loophole to allow you to keep my skull, I'm perfectly okay with it. Really? It's the weirdest question I've ever been asked, and I've been asked some weird questions. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I think it'd be kind of comforting. To have my skull. <laughs> yeah. Turn it into a pipe holder. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I don't want to like, like grind into it or anything, you know what I mean? But... Like, <laughs> I mean, like to make like a, a, a place for your oh, pipe to yeah. sit. I thought you meant you're, you don't, you don't want to grind on my skull. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like if I was, if I was podcasting and I could just, you know, pat you on the head. <laughs> pat me on the head. What you should do is like, you should scalp where my beard is and then preserve the skin. So okay. That it retains the beard. Okay. And then take my skull and then you should have the beard glued to the skull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there's something sweet about that. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll put you in my will. Thanks, man. You don't get any of my tobacco. That's fine. I just want your skull. <laughs> <laughs> Do me a favor, cut all of this No, out. it's staying in. <laughs> it's so uh, creepy. <sighs> it's so creepy. Speaking of creepy, the creepiest D&D character I ever played. Yeah. Is what I he was named Dermis. If that tells you anything about him at all, mm -hmm. you know what Dermis means, right? Skin. Yeah. And his last name was Exorbmod, which is my last name spelled backwards. And so it was Dermis Exorbmod. And none of the other things, none, most of the details about him are not important for this story. But the important thing about this uh, story is that. He was a psychopath that was obsessed with skin, mm -hmm. and he would um, sneak away from the party, and he would like harvest skins from his enemies that, that they had killed, mm. and would preserve them. And this was a thing between me and the DM that he knew that I was doing these things, and he would just he would just have me like, I I had like this I would text him like Hey, I'm going to harvest this skin. This was your character? This was my character that I was playing. And I would I would text him and he'd get the text and he would say roll he would, you know, do a stealth check or whatever. I forget what kind of check he had me do. So I would roll a stealth check. And I always rolled pretty well, fortunately. And I would collect all these skins from like different monsters we'd killed, people we'd killed. Where'd yeah. you put them? I would carry them in my bag. And then I I, one of the skills I had was to be able to make leather mm -hmm. tanner, I think a tanning mm -hmm. skill. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would make objects out of the skins. Some of them, I would get enchanted stuff like that. Yeah. Creepiest D and D character I ever played. And it was a blast. It's super, super odd. Yeah. And finally a, one of our, one of the players caught on because of a, a role I did. He was a very, um, had high intelligence or whatever that is where you can detect things that are going on around you. Mm -hmm. And he noticed my character stealing the skin off of somebody we had just killed. And yeah, 
That's how I got found out. And then the group voted me out of the out of the out of the party. I mean, I kind of feel uncomfortable just sitting here with you. It's <laughs> super weird, man. I just I I wanted to play like a really obscure character. Everybody's played a if you've played role playing games, you've played a fighter, you've played a wizard, you've played like all these weird characters, right? You are all mm-hmm. these all these normal characters. And I was like, you know, this time around, I just want to do like something really, really weird, like something. You did it, yeah, yeah. That's but really weird. At face value, he seemed so normal. Yeah, like he was just this. Like, they always a, do. He was a halfling rogue, right? Uh, he's a, uh, no, I'm sorry. He was a, a gnome artificer and uh, multi class with rogue. So it was like a. Uh, anyway, I'm speaking a bunch of geek that half of our listeners, more than half of our listeners, I don't know, pipe smokers are kind of nerdy sometimes, man. The point is, is that you wanted to rip skin off things. Yeah, and then make things out of them. So I had like bags that I would sell to people. It was a really rare bag, so I'd get really good money for it because they'd never had a a bag made from goblin skin. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nobody caught on for the longest time. And then finally, not only was the were the players so creeped out in game, but the people I was playing the game with were so creeped out by it. They asked me to, they asked for the DM to not have me in the game anymore. That's how I stopped playing D and D with that party. Sweet. It was the last character I ever played for him. Yeah. Cause they thought it was so creepy. They were like, what? That's so weird. Yeah. You're not welcome to play with us anymore. I, if I didn't know you very well, <laughs> I would, one hundred percent. Like if I had a group of friends and somebody just invited you randomly, and you were just like secretly stealing the skin off people, and I found out about it after you left, I'd be like, "Don't ever bring that man back here. That's weird." Dude, I wasn't even the weirdest person in that room. There was yes, that- you were. No, <laughs> no, I was not. I was actually the most normal person in that room. I'm pretty sure I was the only one that had ever had physical touch with a woman. <laughs> Did you take her skin too? <laughs> uh, not yet. I'm still married to her. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I had to get that off the chest. I've never, I've never told anybody that, but but the party I played with. Well, I'm glad you you chose me. Yeah, you had nice skin, Nate. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I actually moisturized quite a bit. <laughs> we got off of this creepy tangent because you wanted my skull, but somehow I'm the weird one here. <laughs> Definitely, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was sentimental. I miss you. <laughs> You're just getting things from people for cloth. In imagination. This wasn't in real life. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just it, Everybody should have got it right away. My name was Dermis. Yeah. You ever met a person named Dermis? Nope. But I'll be watching out for him from now on. <laughs> if I ever meet someone named Dermis, I'll be like, get out. Get out, you skin creeper. <laughs> Oh man, let's get back on topic. You like this smoke? I don't really love it. To it each be, their own. It be what it be, for sure. But you know what we both do like? I do know. What is it? What do we like, Nate? We like the Instagram Pipe Makers Club. We do like the Instagram Pipe Makers Club, and we like how every month they come out with a new designed pipe that they're creating. Mm-hmm. And this month and how was paneled. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the theme. Well, last month was paneled. August. Yeah. Sorry. August was not, paneled. Not October. <laughs> yeah. 
but several entries this month and uh, a lot of cool things people did here. There were some square ones. There was some, uh, some octagonal ones, some hexagonal ones, some very, very cool stuff, some sure. very cool stuff here. And so we're just going to go down the order from the order they were completed uh, and cover each one of these things and tell you a little bit about what we liked about each one. Uh, first one, if I'm not mistaken, is ZZ's, right? That's what I have. That's at ZZ Pipe Hobbist on the Instagrams. He did what looks to be an olive wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a everything about this pipe is square. Yeah, everything about it, like it's a perfect cube. The bowl is a cube, pretty much. Yeah. Um, the it's got a, a rectangular. It's got a square shank mm-hmm. and the lines in the, I think the thing I like about it is the lines in the olive wood. He cut so that the lines are, are perfectly square with the rest of the, so the, the grain in the olive wood yeah. is perfectly square with the pipe or yeah. With the angles in the pipe. Sorry. Yeah. Words are hard sometimes. <laughs> no, it's a very good looking pipe though. And he's got some sort of swirled ebonite there. It just goes really well with that. I agree. Good looking pipe. And then we have Rich uh, with Smith House Pipes. That's at Smith House Pipes. His is hexagonal, right? That's six. That is correct. Uh, I tried to tried to remember my remember my uh, shapes. Yeah, that, well done. Yeah. Going back to my, that's probably first grade. I know square, circle, and triangle is probably kindergarten. Probably. Yeah, first grade is more like hexagon, octagon. First, Trapezoid. First grade is when I learned how to spell the. <laughs> I remember being so proud of the first word I learned how to spell on my own. The was the first one you learned how to spell on your own? Yeah, T-A-G. You didn't learn how to spell cat or dog or. No, just the. Just the? That is the weirdest first word to learn how to spell. Well, it's not the weirdest. I guess you could be like onomatopoeia. Right. Anyway, but, this pipe is beautiful. The? What was your first grade teacher thinking? She didn't tell me to spell it. Like it's like it's the first one I I just Oh, okay. I like, thought this was like their curriculum where they no, were like, no, you know no. we should do? We should start with this really confusing thing that could be th or th. Right. Or Not, the or the like people who pronounce it the kind of bother me. Yeah, they're the worst. I had a little Filipino friend when I was a kid who always pronounced it the the His name was TL. Like the coffee pot codger. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But this pipe we'll is start pronouncing it <laughs> the coffee pot codger. But Rich's pipe is cool. I love this. I love the coloring on this. Me too. It's got like this uh, dual stain. It looks here, but it's like an ox blood red. Yeah, it's like chocolate and ox blood, and, and the smooth rim is spectacular. He put that horn mm-hmm. on there before it comes into the stem. Uh, little accent piece. Honestly, out of all the pipes that Rich has made, this might be my favorite. Really? I, I think it might be. Um, personally, like just for me personally, I I would like the bowl not quite so tall. Sure. But it is such a beautiful Can't pipe. pipe for that. That's oh, just your no, personal preference. Exactly, 100%. That's what, I, I, I will still say that I think this is the most beautiful pipe I've seen Rich make. I, I love this pipe. It the, is a, Beautiful pipe. Panel pipes are hard. You yeah. got to have your geometry perfect or it looks like absolute garbage. Yeah, 100%. I shouldn't say that, but like 
panel pipe, your, your pipe will not look right if you don't have your geometry right. Right. And he's got the geometry spot on on this thing. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful pipe. Uh, you've got Jesse. He did a um, square. I love the bird's eye grade on this thing. It's gorgeous. I held it at Columbus. Yeah. And it's actually, it was a pretty comfortable pipe to hold. Just looking at it from the pictures, I was like, that is a monster pipe. Uh-huh. Like, it looks huge. But then when I held it at the sh- at Columbus, pretty comfortable. I was very surprised. I was like, this is not nearly as like clunky as I, I thought it might be. It, 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 it's, it, it looks incredibly tall. Exactly. It looks like one of those, because it's, it's a pretty short stem. Yes. So it, look, it feels like it would be like this gigantic block right in front of your face. Yeah. But when you hold it in your hand, you're like, okay, this isn't near as intimidating as it looks in picture. And like you said, that bird's eye on there, the way he stained it, it brought, it's just beautiful. He went with a, with a very simplistic style on here. He went with just a normal like billiard tapered stem on it. Yep. It looks like it's just a normal black um, stem. It's just a, uh, with a light coat of Danish oil. So like he just went super simplistic on this, but Again, with the squareness of the edges and stuff like that, spectacular job on keeping it square. Yeah, it's a very good looking pipe. We've got, uh, that's that was at Oliphant Pipes. Uh, we have at Pipes by Wu and Garrett here. He did probably one of the most unique. It's, uh, I don't know what that um, stem material is. It looks like some sort of swirled ebonite. Looks like he's got like a nickel uh, band on it. Yeah. But the grain on this is spectacular. Beautiful grain. And the panels are all curved. Yeah. Kind of like this. uh, mm, It's octagonal. It's a smooth pipe. I don't know how to describe this shape. It's a strawberry. Is that what it is? Yeah. it's, It's a paneled strawberry. Oh, yeah. He says it right there in his description. But I love this pipe it's classy looking it 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 looks so good he does um like metal adornments really well yeah i'm not a real metal adornment fan i was just about to say the exact same thing i'm usually i've i have my rat Rays 99 has a metal as a nickel band on it and i have a couple cobs that have them but i think my bing's favorites kind of have this like brass band on them but even then it's like super super fine yeah uh i have it on the pipes we're smoking out of tonight it's a copper band yeah we're twinning tonight on like you'll see these pipes this is the 2020 christmas pipe right from peterson yep it's a bent dublin i love this pipe pretty good smoking pipe yeah it's their uh a little gargly oh five shape but i mean it's a it's an uh military mount yeah yeah so i mean Pretty normal for them to be a little gargly. Yeah, and it's got a hefty bend in it, so it's... Yeah. But it... But anyway, back to the uh, metal. I have a lot of pipes. Very few of them have metal adornments. And usually they're either very, like, fine. Like on my bings, I have both my bings have metal adornment. But they're so fine. I have a Nate King that has, like, a brass ring yeah. around the around the um, entry point for the shank. Um. But like the only reason I, I love the copper on this one. Um, but yeah, Garrett does spectacular work with like silver and nickel. Uh, the next one is 
I believe at Grunwald Pipes. Yeah. He doesn't have his Instagram handle on here, but I believe it's at Grunwald Pipes. That's G-R-U-N-E-W-A-L-D. And he did an octagonal pipe here. It's kind of an octagonal poker. Mm-hmm. And it's got some live edge, some uh, plateau on the bottom, like the front of the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the grain on this thing is spectacular. I think he might have been the only person that used live edge. And he also um, put like a little diamond shape on the, on the shank. So it's like a panel leading into the panel because the, the bowl is oct- octagonal. Octagonal, like you said. A lot of them have just a round shank going into the into the bowl. And this one is uh, like diamond shaped. It is diamond shaped. I just noticed that about it. Yeah. I like that. It's very cool. I like it a lot. Very cool looking pipe. He makes some cool pipes too. His uh, He does the um, Lord of the Rings style pipes, kind of like those Valen Oh, dude, his Lord of the Rings pipes are so spectacular. They are so cool. I want, they're, I want on my, they're on my bucket list. 100%. Yeah, I want one so bad. And it is, it's actually Grunwald underscore pipes on Instagram. Grunwald underscore pipes. I had to Google it or Instagram it. You had to look it up. You had to gram it? Yeah, I had to look it up. Uh, super great guy. Fellow Hoosier. Yeah. Down in the Mooresville area, I think. Yeah, him and his son met him at Columbus. Good dudes. Which I believe he also sold this pipe already. Oh, yeah. Uh, ZZ did another one so honorable mention there uh, I actually was taken back I had to, to, to retract what I said the reason I mentioned this one is because I said that he was that Greenwald was the only one that did a plateau ZZ has plateau on this pipe on the shank yeah where the stem goes in it's but it's a uh, square um, like with a with rounded corners essentially yeah it's very it looks very small very, very tiny, yes. At least it looks to me. I love that stem on it, though. And I love how he joined the two different bits of... I can't tell what the pipe is made of. Picture's not the greatest. I, it looks like part of the shank is briar, but the stumble itself is some other material. That's what it looks like to me, too. Um, but I love the like the little accent piece he has between the stumble and the, yeah. the rest of the shank, which is the briar. Yeah. Looks great. Uh, that stem is gorgeous, too. Uh, let's see here. Jack Ryan Pipes did a square-ish. The corners are flattened off, so it's almost act- octagonal, but think square with the corners planed off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has a square shank and a, a Cumberland. Uh, just like a normal, like red and black swirled Cumberland. Yeah. Black I, stained pipe. I think the stain that he did, because it looks like on uh, some of the pipe has got that little bit of a red. Yeah. So it's like red and black on the, on like the rustication. Yeah. And I think that his choice for that uh, Cumberland stem on there is, is really perfect. Complimentary. Yeah. yeah. They, they go so well together. You know what this pipe looks like to me, the finish on this looks like cork. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like dark colored cork. I don't know. It's a great looking pipe. It, it looks is. like a little, uh, like a pocket pipe. Oh, Maybe yeah. the size, I'm not sure, but that's, it's like a paneled Levat shape. It's small. It looks like it would fit the pocket well. Yep, I agree. Uh, then we have Kevin Foster's. Talk about a nose warmer. This thing is short. 
either that or the bowl is massive. <laughs> I think it's short, yeah. When he first showed like his progress pic of this bowl, I was like, oh my goodness, this I, I this is going to be a good looking pipe. It is a great looking it pipe. It is a beautiful, beautiful looking pipe. And I, I, I love how he did the octagonal shape differently. He went point of the of he, instead of being flat in line with the with the shank. Oh yeah, point in line with the shank. So there's a point on all four sides of the pipe. Yeah, instead of being flat on all four sides of the pipe, and it's just this like I, I don't know even how to describe it. It's very plump. It's just a plump pipe. It's the only way I know how to describe it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a short, fat pipe. <laughs> it is a short, fat pipe. It's beautiful. It's got this oxblood red and a black with a sandblast. The stem looks like it's maybe an inch long. I could never smoke this pipe. I you would could not. You'd light your mustache on fire for yeah, sure. 100%. But this looks like, I mean, this is the definition of a nose warmer, it looks to be. Yeah. Gorgeous pipe. Great work, Kevin. Well, the next one is Papa Bear's Pipes. This one is like a Dublinish. Uh, yeah, it's paneled Dublin, basically a like a pyramid turned upside down. Uh, I love the sandblast they did on this. I love how the how it's like kind of square, but then he also flattened the corners off, so it's it is octagonal. And the flattened parts are all smooth. They are all smooth, yeah. And then I love how he does the flattened surfaces on the cant towards the bowl. Yeah. So, like, instead of just going straight up, when it gets to the edge, it's kind of a bulldoggy in that aspect. So, when, yeah, a bulldog will cant back towards the rim. They'll come out and then cant back towards the rim. Yeah. It has that aspect of it, how it comes to a point and then cants back in towards the rim. But then all of those, this is very like, this looks like a diamond. Yeah, it does. Like, it looks like a gigantic rock you would see on some, on, on some chick's finger. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous. Na beautiful, natural finish. Uh, it's got some Coca Bolo adornments. That accent piece, like where the, uh, it's the accent piece, like the, the stem goes into the shank. Uh-huh. And there's like an accent piece on the stem. And on the shank, yeah. The part that's on the stem, it looks like he carved like a, a nut, like a, you know, like you would, like a nut and bolt, like. Yeah, it's octagonal for sure. But it is like perfect. Yeah, well, the whole shank is too. If you look at the, if you go a couple pictures over, the shank is also act octagonal. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I see that, but I just, there's something about that little accent piece that sticks up. And away from everything else. Yep. It's like smaller, but it matches up perfectly with everything. Mm -hmm. It's just an incredibly well-made pipe. It is a gorgeous pipe. Yeah. Great work, Tim. That is at Papa Bear Pipes. It's perfect size, too. Like, it's a five-inch long pipe. It's two inches high. It's, oh, the the um, the uh, stem uh, material is Carolina Cumberland. Oh, nice. Uh. It's 1.6 ounce pipe. The chamber is uh, three quarter by 1.65 deep. So it's a pretty decent sized bowl. Yeah, it's a good size bowl. It looks like a smaller pipe, but then when you realize how that's a, that's a hefty bowl. Yeah. Uh, beautiful pipe. Absolutely gorgeous. Then you have EP pipes. 
he has this really really cool uh like teal like dark teal slash like seafoam green it's, it's a beautiful stem yeah that color on that stem he has like a copper band on it and i don't know how to describe the shape of this it reminds so the thing that reminds me of this looks like it's some sort of like morta maybe um no it's uh bourbon barrel stave so it'd be oak which is why it looks like morta because yeah morta is bog oak right so he's got a briar inlay it's got a briar chamber yeah uh copper accented shank and it's also got carolina cumberland the thing i love about ep pipes is you know the theme of the month was a paneled pipe Uh uh-huh and he presented us with a paneled pipe but this is the weirdest looking paneled pipe. Not not the weirdest. Not weird in a bad way. No, no, no. And not the weirdest that we're going to talk about tonight. But you could like, this pipe is it made in a way, it even shows you, you could balance it on on several different panels. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's it arches in a unique way. It sits. It, it, it cants forward kind of like an ants would. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, so here's the thing. This I racked my brain about this and it didn't, it didn't click until a few minutes ago. This pipe looks like an old wooden golf club to me. <laughs> You're right. An old wooden driver. Yeah. That's what I see when, when I see this pipe. Yeah. And it's kind of like that nostalgic thing. You know, there's something about like golf and pipe smoking. Like you just picture this dude in like knickers and a flat cap with the little ball on top. Yeah. <laughs> and he's out playing golf with his wooden golf clubs and he's smoking a pipe. Yes. He's not in a cart. Yeah, he's yeah he's wearing some sort of like you know cardigan or something like that. Maybe yeah. A, maybe a cut off one of those like sleeveless sweaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like plaid probably. That dude would be smoking this pipe, for sure. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, that's it's pretty, obscure. Pretty like everything that Richard does, at EP pipes. That's at EP pipes. Uh, everything Richard does is obscure. He doesn't do anything normally. No. And I love that about the guy. Same here. Uh, and he's a great dude too. Yeah, I've met him. We met him at Mule Town. We met him again at Columbus, and he's just a he's a super awesome guy. He and his wife are like salt of the earth type people. Yeah, he's a functioning pipe maker. <laughs> he was born in me. his own words, ten high. Yeah, born ten high at Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I know he's good people because he gave me a uh, AL eight. Me too, yeah. Give you one too? Yeah. yeah. I thought I was special. He actually said 10 high in LA is one, like it's his go-to drink. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a great, it's a great entry. Yeah, for sure. I'm a little partial to this next one. I know. And I almost bought this pipe. I I almost bought it. I don't know if it's still available, but I actually messaged Jason and then like, I messaged Jason and I was like, you know, I just bought another pipe from him. I really don't need to buy another pipe right now, but I love this pipe, man. Yeah. But again, I'm partial. Uh, Jason, I, I, I consider Jason a great friend at this point, and he's probably one of the uh, coolest people I've met in the pipe hobby. Not a knock against anybody else. We just click. And for the first time I met him in Chicago, like we just really clicked. And so I, he's one of my favorite pipe makers. Yeah. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. But I, you know, even he told me, he was like, you, you don't need it. Like, <laughs> I can always make you another pipe. <laughs> yeah. 
So I didn't end up buying this, but this is a stunner, man. Yeah. I don't like paneled pipes. I'm not a, I'm not a paneled pipe fan. I have one. Yeah. I have one paneled pipe. That's that Leo Bogart that I fell in love with in Chicago. Uh, but I love this one, man. Like, I love it. Maybe it's because it's Jason Patrick and, you know, I got a little bit of a man crush on him. You know. What do you love about it? Everything. That's a good description. Yeah. Uh, I do love that kind of like Kevin did on his, he shifted around so the point is in line with yeah. the shank as opposed to being on the flat side. I don't know why that I like that look, but for some reason it sticks out more to me that the points are in line with the shank as opposed to veered away from the shank. Yeah. Not that either one is right or wrong. It just one resonates with me more than the other. Um, I think that that chocolate stain and that like khaki ebonite go so well together. Yeah, and if I you, would I wouldn't have thought they would. Nope. If you had showed me that stem and you said, "What do you think of the stem?" It's ugly as heck, but it goes really well with that pipe with yeah, that it does. stain. Yeah. Jason does this like chocolatey color on pipes really well, um, and man, that eye with that the the eye that he had to match that color of ebonite. Dig it. Yeah, and it's got a beautiful sandblast on it. Surprise, surprise, it's a Lavat. Yeah, for sure. You know, Jason doesn't do anything but Lavats, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's all I have from him is Lavats. That's also not true, but I have two Lavats from him. Well, he can make a Lavat. He can make a Lavat. His middle name's Lavat. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Enough about Jason. Uh, the next one is uh, at M underscore Berg underscore BHP. This is Mark Berg. I love this pipe too, dude. This is one I was going to message him about and be like, what's your price point on that guy? Because I freaking love this pipe. And I went and looked and it said this pipe is not available. He's smoking it for himself. Dude, this pipe. First of all, I've been wanting one of those cannonball kind of a shapes uh-huh. to begin with. Um, it's a paneled cannonball. Oh it's exactly the description goodness, for it. dude. It, I love this pipe. It's a stunner. It is a stunner. Yeah. I love that uh, contrasting stain that he did on it. And then it like fades to like, it, it's like a natural with contrasting in it, like a natural finish with contrasting stain. Yeah. But then it fades up from light at the bottom to like black as night at the top. He called it a fumed finish. A fumed finish. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, I've made two pipes. So, but, I'm not not an expert by any means. It's gorgeous, dude. The finish is so well done on that. It's probably the most unique finish of all the bunch. Not as a knock to anybody else's. It's just the most unique finish amongst everybody. Uh, That Cumberland stem goes really well with it. And I think that the length and bend of that stem is perfect for this pipe. Yeah, I agree. Um, Like I said, when I first saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, like, just mainly because I've been wanting one of those cannonballs lately. Mm-hmm. And then this one is so beautifully paneled. Um, and he said that this is the first time he's tried that fumed finish. Um, and it, the stain, like you said, the way it goes from real, real dark down to light at the bottom, but you can also see the grain coming out with the darker stain and everything. And yeah. then that beautiful stem. Yeah. You know what I thought about this pipe? The reason I knew you love it. Because it looks like the rim's charred already. It's a pre-charred rim. 
you could get this and it would look it look it look brand new. Yeah. Ten years from now for you. Yep. <laughs> that's what I love about it. That's what you love about it. You just love charred rims. Yeah. That's why I charm myself. <laughs> it's just a look. It does have that like it has that antique like patina to this. That's what I thought about after a while. I was like, Yeah. What do I love about this? Oh, it looks like it's been smoked for twenty years. Yeah. Like it just has that patinaed look to it. And it's not just around the uh bowl, it's also around where the stumble meets the stem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's part of that whole fumed finish process. I don't know what that means. I don't so, actually know either, but yeah. I don't know. We know absolutely nothing. <laughs> I know we love these pipes. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Next one is at Pathfinder underscore pipes. This is a an octagonal paneled poker. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> uh let's see. It's got two different rustication techniques on that. Yeah. That's unique to this challenge. And that's one of the things that really stands out to me to this pipe. Mm-hmm. Every other panel is a different rustication. Mm-hmm. Like he has two rustications, basically. Yeah. But every other panel is a different rustication. And uh it just lends to this little unique look to it. I love how he left the bottom and the top smooth. Mm-hmm. Um gorgeous grain on the top and bottom that the, yeah beautiful beautiful grain especially on the bottom there you could see the, mm-hmm. the lines and then i think the uh sometimes in artisan pipes some people nail unrusticated areas and some people don't i yeah. think he did that really well here like sometimes people will leave them too they'll they'll be risen up too high yeah like where they rusticated away and it's like literally raised up from the rest of the pipe and it looks really good in this, in this situation and it's on the side. So it's like, it's right there in your face. Yeah. Um, which can be done well. It could also be done not well. And I think in this case he did it well. I think it lends to the look of the pipe. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, let's see here. We got one more, I think, right? No, two more, two more. Two moss. Dos moss. We got the last minute. This is the most obscure one. I'm guessing that you were referring to. Yeah, the Carolina Cumberland one. It's not. It's not the most obscure one? No. No, that's the next one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so this isn't like this. The one that you said was the most obscure, and then you were like, it's not the most obscure one, whatever. Earlier. This is probably the second most obscure one. Probably, yeah. And then the the one after that is the most obscure for sure. Yeah. Uh, Aaron at Car- Carolina Cumberland does the... It was EP pipes we referred to earlier, right? As being this yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. obscure one. Both Aaron and EP do obscure really well. They do them very differently, but they both do obscure very well. Aaron seems to always have some sort of artistic flair to his design as opposed to being classic like he yeah. can do a classic pipe but i he prefers he loves to show off grain and i think he spectacularly showed off the grain of this pipe oh yeah like he chased the grain in this pipe beautifully it's an osage orange is what it looks like um he doesn't say here but i believe it is osage orange and the grain curves up and back it curves from the bottom of the bowl 
up through the uh, stummel and like almost like back towards like it would do a rainbow back towards the stem. Yeah. And he shaped the bowl kind of like a cornucopia and followed that grain. It's just gorgeous, dude. Yeah. And to take those to take those panels and chase that grain and go and have uniform panels as you chase that grain is spectacular in my opinion. That shows true artistry. Yeah, it's 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 something to look at. That's not easy, dude. Like to be to chase those that grain like that, to follow that contour of the grain and also keep your panels in a proper shape so that you have a good paneled pipe mm-hmm. is incredibly hard to do. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That shows a lot of technical ability here, and that's really impressive. Uh, and then I'm going to guess it's one of his uh, mixes on the stem because he makes his own uh, right, stem right. material. But just very well done. It's uh, it's kind of Nike swoosh-ish looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a check mark. Yeah, check mark is probably yeah. a better term of saying it. But the bowl is kind of like horn or cornucopia shaped. It's it looks so fluid. Yeah. I don't know. I love it, dude. I absolutely love it. That's at Carolina.cumberland. And then last and definitely the most obscure is at freehand pipes. And this is what do you call this one? Honestly, it's almost like a cavalier. It is very cavalierish. It's a cavalier sitter. I I love this pipe. I would never buy a pipe like this. Not to knock. It's, n- it's nothing against the work. Just not my style of pipe. I don't own anything like this. I, it to me, honestly, it it's like weirdly like a wooden steampunk. It does have that vibe. Yeah. And I love it. I absolutely love this pipe. I think, I think the grain's beautiful. And plus he did a paneling in such a weird way. Yeah. Um, I think he kind of got. There's no way that we can describe this pipe on air and for people to get a picture of it in their mind based on how we're describing it. It is a cavalier ish thing. It's got accents on both the top and the bottom of the stumble that are in some sort of like worm eaten wood, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, the, the bowl itself is kind of like snail shell shaped. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was looking out. One side has almost like some spirals in it, like a snail shell. Yeah. And the other side is uh, smooth. But I don't I I don't even know how to explain this pipe. But like the the for lack of a better term, the shank part of it that's not the round part that's on it. You just, you'll have to look at our Instagram page to see this. We'll share these pictures. You'll have to look at our Instagram page to see these because there's no possible way to describe this. But if you're looking at it while we're describing it, the portion that is on the back side of the bowl is looks to be hexagonal. Yeah. And it's flowing. And he did a f- spectacular job on that. And then there's panels on either side of the round portion. Yeah. Like the snail shell slash yo-yo where the bowl is. Yeah. This is obscure as all get out and then it looks like it like cants and sits off to the side a little bit but by design i don't know it not i'll again say this not a knock against this pipe it's just not my style 
something I would, it's not something I would buy, but there are a lot of people out there that would a hundred percent buy a pipe like this because they love that obscure look to it. My obscureness stops at EP pipes, which I have like four of. Yeah. <laughs> this is way too obscure for me, but it is spectacular work. If you're into Cavaliers, you would love this probably. If you're into very artistic and flowing lines, you would probably love this. If you're into very fly fishing rod, okay, so from the profile view, it kind of looks like a fly fishing rod or a fishing rod of some sort. You're right. It does. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of got that like that loaded fly fishing rod look to it. The whole thing is like bent. Like the whole thing is like twisted. He even says it's gnarly looking, dude. It's gnarly. He even says when he's talking about it, um, I broke says, about every tool I own in this process. Yes, yeah, this was fun, but I broke just about every tool I own in the process. It's it's crazy, um, but yeah, I I think it's, it's it is a gorgeous pipe. It would be perfect, in my opinion. That pipe would be perfect for what we're doing right now. I could just set it here on the table, pick it up, and smoke it while we're chit chatting. Uh huh. Not driving. I'm just sitting. You know what I mean? And you could just sit, or you could just lean over it. Yeah. Take a sip out of it. I don't have to pick it up. Yeah. Lazy man's pipe. It's a table sitter. I love it. But that's it. That's the pipes this month. They were all fantastic. They were all fantastic, guys. You guys did such a great job. I, I consider it a supreme honor that we get to go through these pipes every month and Me we get too. to be a part like of behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have no, I still can't wrap my head around why we've been asked to moderate that group. Um, <laughs> because I feel like we bring nothing to it, but, um, I, I do, I, I consider it a tremendous honor to, to be able to sit there and just watch the progress through this. Oh, for sure. It's honestly been one of the biggest highlights of us having this, this podcast. Absolutely. I, I feel like it has, um, really, I, I loved artisan pipes before, but like, it's just really grown my, um, my appreciation of obscure pipes and different styles. Like I was very one dimensional in my styles of pipes, uh, as far as my tastes and what I was looking at, what I liked who I followed. Um, but this has like really pushed me out of my comfort zone and like this pipe right here, it's gorgeous. It's not something I've added to my collection. It's just not my thing, Yeah, but it's stunning work. Like it's absolutely stunning. I can sit there and I can stare at it for 20 minutes and I can pick apart every beautiful angle of this pipe. Cause that pipe's got angles out the wazoo, dude. Yeah. yeah. So many freaking angles in that pipe. I could sit and just completely overanalyze that pipe for hours. But I don't know. I it's been such a privilege. Thank you guys so much for for participating in the challenge. Um, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of it. And I'm really looking forward to this next month. Uh, Jay Furman came out. So Jay Furman's also um, one of the the moderators, I guess we'll call that's what we do is we moderate. Um, but Jay Furman is also one of those, and he comes up with the uh, the plan for the next month. And September's since Labor Day is coming up, uh, which will have already passed by the time this airs. Uh, he wanted to go labor themed working man pipe. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I love the idea. Uh, he said, um, let me see announcements here. He said, in case you've been wondering about September, think Labor Day, think working man or woman, 
a workhorse pipe that's clinched and smoked all day. When the days of smoking your pipe everywhere you went was expected. Down and dirty, a pipe for the smoker. Your choice of materials and aesthetics and shape. Like when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if these guys are, you know, they all are going to have their own ideas what to do with this. But like for me, I'm thinking something like I'm thinking working man. I'm thinking like jeans, leather boots, you know, like red wings, something like that. Yeah. Gamers. Dirty. Dirty. Yeah. Uh, worn look like that, that, uh, that fume finish that Mark did on his pipe for the, for August. Yeah. 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 Like that kind of look to things. Are the world's your oyster guys, but like those are the things that like I immediately thought of. I was like, oh yeah, manly, some some denim, some leather, some some smokiness, some old looks like tattered look. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love I love it. I immediately thought of bent pipes. Bent pipes? I feel like it's so much easier to work with a bent pipe in your mouth. Cause sometimes like if it's a like I love billiards. I love bings. I love I love long pipes. Mm. But if you're doing manual labor, if you're working with your hands, sometimes those get in the way. See, I think they, it's different for every person because for me, if I'm going to work with a pipe in my mouth, it's going to be a lavat. Yeah. Okay. Lavat, maybe a billiard. I don't know. To me, those are more comfortable. I guess it depends on what you're doing. Depends on what you're doing. And I also think it depends on like comfortability. Like you, you're a softy bit person. Yeah. You don't like strain on your teeth. It seems like. Right. To me, I like something that I can like grind in between my teeth. I guess also I think about like what I do isn't necessarily work like manual labor, but I couldn't look through a microscope with a billiard in my mouth, but I could look through a microscope with a bent pipe in my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of like what I was thinking about, I guess. Get all sorts of smoke and contaminants in your samples. Oh, who cares about that? You're, you have no integrity in your work anyways. So I mean, <laughs> no. you play ping pong for hours on end. It's nothing to do with my work. <laughs> you make up all your test results what are you talking about <laughs> I'm just kidding that's not true I made that up kind of but yeah that was that was great guys I'm just I was so excited about that challenge for this month I'm excited for the next month's challenge I'm excited for next month's challenge I think it's going to be fantastic yeah me too yeah so uh, we'll talk about what we drank talk about what we smoked uh, we probably need to talk about briefly about our fantasy football league. Uh, we got a great league going so far. I'm excited. Next week starts football. When this comes out, the day this comes out will be the first game of the year. First game of the year. Yeah. The D the brand new Detroit lions at Arrowhead stadium, taking <laughs> on the Kansas city chiefs, Kansas city chiefs, go chiefs. <laughs> you bite your tongue. I don't know. I just want to watch a good game. I'm going to cheer for the Lions this It'll year. It'll be good. It's going to be a good cheer game. For the Lions. No, they're going to get their butts handed to them, dude. You want to you bet on this? We'll make a gentleman's bet. I'll make a gentleman's bet with you. Will you? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what are we betting? Ten of tobacco? I was only like five bucks. <laughs> uh, sure, we'll do five bucks. What ten of tobacco are we talking? Let's uh, do ten of anthology. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> if you didn't have twice as much anthology as me, I would agree to that. Find a ten of a scudo. I'll do a ten of a scudo. You wanna do a ten of a scudo? Yeah. So if the if the Chiefs win, I get a ten of a scudo. If the Lions win, you get a ten of a scudo from me. 
if the Chiefs win by more than seven. Because <laughs> you said so, they were going to smoke the Lions, and they're not going to smoke the Lions. It's going to be a I good game. I don't like this bet now. I think the Lions are going to win, but if they lose, it's going to be less than seven. So now we're doing a, we're doing an over under. That's all I'm saying. So basically, you're betting the Lions are going to lose. I'm, no, I think the Lions are going to win, but if the Lions lose, it's going to be by less than seven. It's going to be a close game. I'm I'm, I'm bowing out. All it's right, just, that's fair. Th- this bet is just taking. It's. I mean, you can't say it's not going to be a good game though. The Lions are going to keep it close. We're, we're we're basically betting at this point that the Lions are going to lose. It's just by how much. That's not what we're betting. That's exactly what we're betting. You're wrong, Nate. That's exactly what we're betting. No, the Lions are going to win, but if they lose, it's going to be less than seven. We're not betting if they win, though. We're betting if what they're going to lose by. I'd have to check it to who the ref is before I make a bet like that. <laughs> Statistically, Guys, help some... me out here. We're like we're literally betting on how much the Lions are going to lose by. <laughs> he's saying less than seven. Like he's already resolved that the Lions are going to lose. If he was sure that the Lions were going to win, he would bet me a can, a can of a Scudo. If the Lions win, he gets a Scudo. If the Chiefs win, I get a Scudo. But no, he's saying if they lose by seven or less, the over-under is at seven or is at 6.5. Right? It's, a, it's an over-under at 6.5. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So you said it at 6.5 because you can't score a 6.5. Okay. Because you can't lose by six and a half points. So either lose by six or you lose by seven. Okay. You're taking the six. I'm taking the seven. So if they lose by seven points, I win. If they lose by six points, you win. But if they don't lose, I win. (laughs) You said that the the Chiefs were going (laughs) to murder the Lions. You said they were. It's, it's, It's actually fact. Well, then uh, you would take the bet then because they're not going to murder the Lions. Either the Lions are going to win or they're going to lose by less than seven. They're not going to get murdered. Oh, man. This is definitely an over-under bet. We're, li- we're literally talking Vegas lines right now. But we're not doing it because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to bet scores. I don't bet scores. I bet win or lose. Do we have a win or lose bet or are we, are we off? No bets. Genuinely? Yeah, I would have to look to see who the ref is. <laughs> you think it's rigged? There are there is more than one ref in the league that statistically will root for the home team. You think it's rigged? I think that refs control the game more than anyone thinks they do. Wow. But I'm also a Detroit Lions fan. You're a Detroit Lions fan, and we historically have been losers. Uh, beaten by the refs more than any other team in the history oh, of the game. Okay, so and it's not the it's not the Lions' fault they suck. It's the refs' fault that the Lions have. It's not just sucked. the Lions' fault. The refs have been a lot involved. So have, you're saying they have in implemented two rules in the NFL solely based off calls that were against the Lions. So you're saying that the Lions have systematically been targeted by the referee union. Yes, as a whole. Yes. So they have a vendetta against the Lions. I can show you a game where the Texans. Here goes this conspiracy theory, guys. Oh, my gosh. The Texans fumbled the ball. Every team has these games, though, dude. No. Every team has one of these games. Like I freaking hated Ed Hockley for the longest time. Do you even know who Ed Hockley is? No. Ed Hockley is a referee. He's the big buff older dude that like does the flex when he does the first down thing. Like. I hated Ed Hockley. I wrote him a letter one time. He's a lawyer. And I wrote a letter to his law firm to tell him how much I hated him because of bad calls he's made. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. 
in fandom, we have things that we pe- we have people we hate, and we feel like we've been gypped by the refs. But you really think that the Lions have been systematically like that? People that that the ref, the refing league, or that the refing uh, organization as a whole has sought to go against the Lions. Like if they have some sort of vendetta against the Ford family. Yeah. I don't think it's the Ford family. Just Lions in general or just Detroit. Yeah, I think it's Detroit. They hate Eminem because he's a white rapper. I think it's just the a loser mentality. I think the people from Detroit are losers. They, they think that the people that play for Detroit shouldn't win the game. Oh, that's so what they, I think. they think that the people from Detroit are losers or you think people from Detroit are losers? Not me at all. No, I love people from Detroit. I love Detroit as a I thought, city. I thought you were saying that you thought people from Detroit were losers. No, no, the refs do. You heard it here first. Nate thinks the people from Detroit are losers. <laughs> Including the Lions. <laughs> Not the brand new Lions, though. It just keeps on burning over there. Look at this. You are lighting a fire on my table over here. Wow. I'm sorry. Oh, man. This is spiraled out of control. Uh, anyways, uh, next week, we are going to be smoking our blend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally the same tone I did. My- I can't go any lower. Uh, we are going to be doing, uh, we're going to be smoking Pipes, Pours, and Parique mm-hmm. from Emerson Southern Forge. Yes, our friend, world-renowned trash talker, Jim Steffi. The blend that he made for us, Pipes, Pours, and Parique. Got some great feedback from it. We've had some g- wonderful feedback. I'm sending out some samples this week. I've been trying to compile a list of people that had asked for samples from last episode so that I can get them all sent out at once instead of sending them out onesies, twosies. So I sent out about six packages last week. And Did I you? included a sample with every package with a little description. Really? Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, not people that asked for samples, but people that you had sent something and you, so you threw that in with it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, everybody loves to get a free sample when they get, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Like if, if I buy tobacco off somebody and I get in the mail, I'm like, oh, a free sample? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, they gen- like crazily overpaid for your tobacco in the first place, so. No, I'm very reasonable. Are you? Like 100%. I'm not. I know you're not. <laughs> No, I'm reasonable. Okay. I have things that other people can't get their hands on, so I sell it and no, you're right. a fair market price. A fair market price. That's what I keep telling myself. And honestly, like the things I sold this week are duplicate tins I had of stuff that I'm not real crazy about. Mm. Um, stuff that I've tried, wasn't a big fan of. Like, I don't know, just different stuff. But yeah. Anyway, we'll be smoking our pipes, pours, and preek this week. There's still time to get some. It'll give you a week to get some from Emerson to the Forged. He pumps that stuff out quickly. Pumps it out quickly, guys. So still time for them to get some before what? Before we talk about it on the next episode. Well, they're not. Time is so weird. Time is weird, <laughs> man. We're recording this like five days in advance. It does get time confusing. Is so weird. It does yeah. get so confusing because like this will come out. I was like, we'll be on smoking Thursday. <laughs> this will come out on Thursday, uh, and then we record again on Sunday. So they'll yeah. be yeah. It's weird. It, it time is weird. It, yeah, my simpleton brain, uh, dude. I can design fire systems. I have an engineering. I, I mean, I'm an engineer. Like time, I cannot wrap my head around. Yeah, I don't think 
I don't think most people can really. Yeah. Like I'm so dumb when it comes to time. It's almost like, like it's, it's like a theory really. Like tomorrow is Labor Day. And I'm telling you that now, knowing that as we're recording right now, tomorrow is Labor Day. Yeah. But then when people listen to this episode, it'll have already have come and gone. Yeah. That's why people hate us talking about football games on here. Right. Because the game's already finished. Right. And we should have said last week, you know, we hope you all have a good Labor Day. Yeah. But we didn't. And so now if we say it, it's stupid because. Yeah. So have a great Labor it. Day. Oh, wait. You already had a Labor Day. Yeah, I hope you had a great I Labor Day. I hope you had a great Labor Day. Yeah. Time's weird, man. Yeah, I agree. I'm too dumb for this. We should just like, go. Time just doesn't matter to this podcast. Yeah. It just doesn't. It doesn't exist. It's true. We are in a timeless space. Now I sound like Alex Jones. <laughs> Turn time gay, man. <laughs> you know he was right about those frogs, though. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not trying to get on a tangent here. Time doesn't exist, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> that was a terrible Alex Jones. That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> it was too deep. It was a little deep. You got to get yeah. more raspy and more angry. Yeah. Time doesn't exist, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's because. The Illuminati, they uh, they put time into this weird constraint, man, and like they're trying to confuse us all so that podcasts get all out of whack, man, and they're just turning us against one another because of time, but it doesn't actually exist. You sound like Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Do I? Like. I'm saying man too much. I don't know. I was like, I'm going to tell you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, brother, time doesn't exist. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> you want to talk about cocaine? <laughs> Macho man, Alex Jones. <laughs> oh man, this is too far. Uh, we were smoking pipes, pours, and perique. Next week, we are drinking a drink that was provided to us by a listener. This is something that's outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah, very outside of my wheelhouse. Uh, this was provided to us by listener Craig Herzog, uh, who met us at Columbus for the first time. I've been talking to him for darn near a year now. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. Uh, lots in common. One of our most engaged listeners. Like, yeah. Messages multiple times a week. Uh, super engaged. And he brought us this bottle to Columbus. It is... Made by Dead Lightning Distillery in central Pennsylvania. Ooh. It is not really in my wheelhouse. It is a flavored whiskey. Mm. But the reason he really brought it to us is because the bottle. The artwork on this bottle is some of the best bottle artwork out there. Yeah. It's, it's very craft beery. Yes. It, it reminds me of like a rogue beers, like the not rogue. No. Uh, uh, voodoo, voodoo the, ranger, voodoo ranger. Yeah, it's got very voodoo ranger vibes. Except it's a skeleton fly fishing, but it's dope, dude. It, that would be a great tattoo. Yeah, this like, whole it, this whole bottle label looks like it'd be a killer tattoo. Yeah, if if he had a pipe in his mouth, it'd look like Jay Furman. <laughs> Just a skeleton fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing that's outside of my wheelhouse with this is it's a flavored whiskey and it is almond flavored. So yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that. We'll see. 
I might have to bring a little bowl of Copenhagen to smoke along with it. Oh. Almond-flavored tobacco. Like Copenhagen chew you're going to smoke or Sillum's Copenhagen? Sillum's Copenhagen. Oh, okay. I mean, you never know, man. I guess that's actually, true. You don't ever really know. A guy that I work with, uh, actually Josh, the guy that wrote our intro and outro music. Uh-huh. Um, he's a dipper. He likes to chew tobacco. Okay. And I was telling him about this new blend that we have made through... Uh, Emerson Southern Forge, and he was like, "Do you mind if I dip some?" So he took a big old pinch of it, put it in. He was like, "It's spectacular, really spectacular." He said, "So you've heard it here, not from firsthand account, because I would, I don't, I'm not going to dip it, but apparently it's pretty good to chew." No, I'm not going to try it. No, I'll puke my guts up. Yeah, there's no way. I chewed for two years, and then I quit for two years, and I went back to it one time, and then puked my guts up. Yeah. I trust Josh. I'll never chew it again. But I have it on good authority from one of the guys that's been chewing since he was like 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on good authority that it's actually pretty good chew. So there you go. If that's your thing, try it. I don't know. Let me let us know what Smoke you think it, about that. Chew it, snort it, whatever you gotta do. You can reach out to us at pipes and pals at gmail.com and tell us what you think about it. If that's your thing, you're reaching out through email, you know. Yeah. If you're one of those people. We love those people. Yeah. But if you're more of a gram person, you can reach out to the podcast. That's Instagram. Yeah. At pipes, pours, and pals. You can reach Nate at Indiana Nate. You can reach myself, Justin, at the Coffee Pot Codger. If you would like to support the podcast in our mission of having a smoking lounge atmosphere for every single person in the world that may not have one near them, but can have one virtually, you can support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pipes, pours, pals yeah i think that's it man yeah I think we're done hope you guys had a great labor day yep because time doesn't exist have a good one everybody goodbye